how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Lenny Abrahamson describes his path to filmmaking as a wandering journey. Obsessed with books and storytelling as a kid, a few friends inspired him to create a filmmaking society at Trinity College near Dublin, Ireland. He's known for the Brie Larson film Room and Michael Fassbender's film Frank, and now the BBC romance series Normal People, which is also set in Ireland. The new series follows a couple from different backgrounds but the same small town in Ireland as they weave in and out of each other's romantic lives. In this interview, Abrahamson discusses his obsession with projects between genres, tensions versus attention, what makes undefined characters so appealing, how to make character point of view in a contained space, how excess metaphorical scaffolding in the script disrespects the viewer, and why you need to think beyond rule-based approaches to filmmaking. If you enjoyed this interview, join millions of viewers for the new YouTube video essay series, also called Creative Principles. I had a sort of wandering path into filmmaking. I wasn't the sort of, like I wasn't the kid who was running around with a Super 8 camera. I was kind of a reader and, and a watcher. I certainly watched a lot of TV and cinema when I was a kid. Um, but it was later on I was, um, uh, you know, I used to talk about film and, and you know, bore my friends with uh, my kind of sort of fantasies about it late teens. But it wasn't really until I got into university and a friend of mine, Ed Guiney, who I still work closely with, suggested that we set up a filmmaking society in college, which was Trinity College in Dublin, the same place that featured the normal people. And that was kind of the beginning. We just started making things in college on like really bad old video formats. And then we raised some money and made a short on film. And that was kind of the beginning of it. I was kind of on a parallel track as well. I was a uh, studying philosophy and I continued to do that a little bit further on in, you know, post-grad world in the States, but I'd sort of been bitten by the filmmaking thing and I eventually decided, right, that's what I'm really going to do. And then I concentrated on that and it took me a while to get my first feature off the ground, but eventually I did. 
I've heard you uh, mentioned your producer, Ed Guinea, a few times in other interviews. You've kind of said that he's he knows what your taste is. What is that that he's looking for? Like, what would you describe as your taste for when you're going to take on a project? It's it's always hard to define. You know, it's not a particular kind of it's not a particular genre. In fact, I I this, I'm interested in tends to fall between genres or really outside that way of describing things. So that's not a helpful um, way in. But I think sort of deep character, kind of deep character um, studies and uh, uh, characters who I feel um, compelled by who are not easy to define, who are kind of um, somehow slippery or um, opaque. That That's what usually begins the the kind of the engagement for me that and and also i suppose just an interest in the medium itself and in um taking on things which are somehow challenging you know technically you know in terms of how story is told or how how kind of tonally fresh you know so so there's that kind of dimension too that i have to feel like there's a that real task to be taken on, um, you know, and it's just great. It's yeah. I mean, I, you know, we're both involved in looking for material, and I'm, I'm also, you know, originating um, material myself, and I write. But it's always a kind of odd alchemy that makes it just feel impossible to turn away from something for me. I think he probably can define it better than I can, which is, which is a great thing to have in a producer. How do you start to look at point of view from characters? Like uh, probably one of your most popular movies is Room, and you have to famously kind of show the mom's point of view and the son's point of view in this tiny space, and they're very different from one another. How do you go about uh, just kind of changing that as far as like the viewers, you know, the viewers' point of view watching in? Um, I'm really I'm fascinated with point of view and and how fluid it is in in cinema as opposed to literature, you know, where where the voices announce, you know, grammatically, syntactically, you announce who point who the point of view is, um, immediately you write something. But on, on screen, it's it's fluid and it's and it's possible to drift subtly between people and 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 lean into a point of view and not necessarily wholly inhabit it. So, I think the thing I feel strongly about really is just how. Um, tuned in we are as human beings um into each other and into you know and into um h- how quickly we can intuit another person's interior from the subtlest and smallest aspects of their behavior and so i i have faith in the audience and and i feel for me it's like um small subtle shifts are the key like in room um I don't know. You, you really, it's the audience that are doing sort of ninety percent of the work, and and I think that subtler you can be in what you point up and in what you kind of um, you nudge people towards, the stronger the impact. You know, if it if it switches too directly, then it announces itself, and I think it's less powerful. So in room, it was just you know choices of angle. Um, where you knew that the mother, you know, where you could see her without 
um, and know at the same time that the boy couldn't see her and know that it, that that what she how she expresses herself facially at that moment is somehow you know more in her space than in his and how that shifts when she looks at him and you know people are so tuned into those kinds of um kind of patterns in their own lives that it doesn't take a lot to move between them i think sometimes for filmmakers and writers and when i read scripts often the thing that i'm struck by is just how much unnecessary um architecture there is and scaffolding um and and how little uh respect that shows for the viewer you know because because uh, I think people are are much better able to understand the subtleties of of other people than than you would think when you read m- many scripts. So if you start to take away some of that scaffolding, is it more about the tone and the mood? Like, what are you looking for? What are you replacing that with? Yes, it is. It is exactly it's tone and mood, and it's a sort of a sort of attention that I'm. Like not tension as in T E N S I O N, but attention A T T. Um, it's like how do you create um, a focus in the viewer? Because like if you have if there's an authentic performance happening, and if you as a director can create that sort of that sense of focus or that kind of intimacy with what's in front of the viewer, like if you can tune their attention into that, then I think like a deeper engagement is created. Like it's not as if you have to work. It's not as if you have to kind of persuade a a human being that other human beings are interesting. You do have to like tune out the noisy stuff and, and allow them inside the sort of sphere of that character on screen. So for me, it's like, it's a certain sort of focused watching and an, and an attention to detail and, and, and a sort of quietening down of, of, of the noisier aspects of screen storytelling so that so that a different kind of connection can be uh, created and it's 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 hard to generalize on how that's done but um it's about the quality of the performance and how that how that performance is observed and you know it's a, it's an alchemy and it's a kind of glorious thing when it works and it doesn't always work and i think that the the risk you know with my sort of approach or with the way I look at um, filmmaking is that if it doesn't work, there's nowhere to hide really, you know, because it's not like there's a, an awful lot of, um, you know, uh, like there's not a lot of noise and there's not a lot of bells and whistles to kind of distract your attention. But if it does work, I think that the feeling that you can create in a person is really quite powerful and, and and that's a, you know that that's what I'm always sort of trying to do. Well, the actors in your films are known for having some just great performances. There's Brie Larson. There's also Michael Fassbender and everyone in Frank and and all your other work as well. Has anything changed about the way you work with actors over the years? Like, what have you kind of learned, or maybe you had some misconceptions early on about how a director talks to actors? I think, in a certain sense, uh, I think I'm I, I'm. I've learned a, a sort of humility in the sense that at the beginning, I think I, I was, you know, it's tempting to think it's all about you as the director, you know, that, 
you come in with all guns blazing and you're telling people exactly what you want from them and also you're kind of imposing yourself on them. The way the way things have shifted for me really is just I suppose firstly to recognize that actors are different, you know, that there is not one like there's no one size fits all. It's it's you have to learn about the, you have to learn the actors that you're working with and what works for them and what doesn't and and how they work and and you have to kind of find ways of bringing the best out of that particular actor and that's that's something that I've learned you know I I I, I and the other thing which is kind of I suppose there's a similarity between this and what I've just said is that generally speaking I think I've become quieter you know as a director like particularly the beginning and and at the beginning of a day or starting to work on a scene, both in rehearsal and shooting, is just to allow some space for for the actors to have, to, to give them some space at the beginning so that I can see what's, what they're bringing, you know, and that I'm not talking and, and, and getting sort of too into the mechanics of it too quickly, because I think the danger there is that you, you miss what, was you know what the what the actor brings, and you miss aspects of it that you may not have even thought of. And so I think I'm more I, I'm more open, I'm more flexible, I'm certainly quieter. And I I I, I think there's also probably an element of be, uh, you're allowed to do that if you're more established. You know, I think it's harder for somebody starting out as a director because they there's that feeling of being scrutinized. I mean, I remember the the feeling of stepping onto sets like early on and you know that the the crew and cast are all wondering if you're any good at it or or you know who have they entrusted themselves to so you know there's a real kind of temptation to show how how you know in control you are and all that and that can i i like i totally get where that comes from but i think if it's possible to hold back a little bit and watch and just in a, in a really simple way, put yourself in the position of a, of just another um, human being in the room. I've always uh, like it's a phrase I've used often because everybody else in the on the floor when you're shooting and when you're rehearsing, they've got, probably got a you know they've got a function. They've got to worry about their particular end of things. But you have the luxury as the director of just watching the performances and watching what's happening in front of you and reacting to that. And I've learned, I think, to be to be open to seeing something new and and going with what feels most real and 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 allowing that to grow out of the scene rather than feeling I've got to, you know, come in with it like a fabulous shooting plan that is just gonna blow everybody away, you know. Which is which is certainly I think a, a, a trap that people do fall into. Is there any other common bad advice you might have gotten over the years or some, some places some Yavis directors should look out for? Oh, there's so many things. And the, and it all comes, you know, it's, again, it, it all comes from, it's coming from me, so therefore it's, it's for, for better or worse, it's kind of reflects my taste. So, you know, it's not going to be the same for everybody or for, or for how they, um, you know, other people work in different ways very successfully. But I suppose I um, I try to allow, I try not to, oh, let me think about the best way of saying this. You know, what marks reality out versus kind of things which don't feel real? Reality is always a bit more complicated and a bit, 
a bit, you know, there's something that there's a sort of element that you can never fully grasp about a real situation. It's always bigger than any story about it. And I think trying not to make your work so neat and so sort of crisp that you lose that sense of of the uncontainable or the you know the 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 bit that that marks something as real and and sort of rich um i think something else that i would advise to think hard about is over um kind of being reductive about uh you know maybe an example is the best thing like i read treatments you know you read treatments all the time if you're like if i'm looking at other people's proposals or whatever or and and directors treatments they they often contain sort of very um potentially very reductive approaches like so they'll say you know um here's my color scheme and these colors you know they represent mood in a very particular way or or you know i'm gonna start to i'm gonna start the add the script in, you know, I'm going to start the shooting in, in, um, wide shots and those things get more as the tension builds, uh, I'm going to go closer and closer. And, and I always think, well, that, that will be like a, you know, an author saying, I'm going to begin my novel with, um, long words, and then I'm going to choose, choose short words. You know, it, it, it sounds fine on a piece of paper, but nothing is that like reality and, and life is so kind of, hard to hold that it maybe it makes you feel better to think that you're going to be able to sort of put some order on it in that way but i don't think it's ever a substitute for just seriously trying to engage with the material and understand what's going on in a given scene in a given moment with that character um and it's not that's maybe not so helpful because it you know it's not it just says you it just really i'm saying you just have to do it really well and there's no kind of shortcut to that but but i think yeah, be wary of those of those rule based approaches to you know to, to how you shoot. So let's talk about your your latest project. What kind of attracted you to normal people, and what were some of the challenges? I think you did six of twelve episodes. What were some of the challenges in the longer format? Yeah, so I did. Uh, I was. I mean, it's great for me because I was with it from the very beginning. From from um, you know, I was part of the pitch to Sally to get the book and and to the BBC um, initially and then and then to Hulu. Um, and I was across it as an exec, which was lovely because it gave me a sort of complete sense of the whole thing from top to tail. Um, what attracted me to it was just, again, I, I mean, lots of different things, I suppose, in this case. The book is amazing and I found it very moving. And, and I felt it was like a rare example of somebody taking the people really seriously i mean you know it, it doesn't as a novel it doesn't fall into the trap of a lot of stuff about young people and young love which is to either make a joke out of it or to turn it into a kind of um you know nihilistic nightmare it's a very truthful full spectrum kind of look at what it's like to fall in love for the first time um and i i just i liked the complexity of the characters and the fact that what draws the characters together as well as this kind of immediate kind of sensual attraction they have for each other is also a shared intelligence and watching characters communicate in a way really well and in another way really badly felt 
sort of interesting to me. So the challenges, I suppose, were the challenge initially was to try and find a way of of not making it glossy and not making it fast and loud, but at the same time reaching an audience on TV, you know, because a lot of te- you know, television is very, there's a lot of very high concept stuff. Um, and this in, and it's a very noisy environment. So there's so much there, the choices are huge. You know, somebody can, there are so many things that you could watch and, and so many of them are really good. And it was, the challenge was to hold the line, I think, for all of us and make something which was had a sort of slower and quieter aesthetic, but at the same time would get through and would be compelling for people. Um, and the other challenge, I suppose, was to represent the intimacy really well, um, you know, and the, the kind of uh, to, to try and find a way of shooting sex scenes, which was like, which made them feel justified and deeply connected to character and, and, and story and not like some sort of um, added decoration or something, you know, so, so those were the, those were big challenges, but uh, they were, they were good challenges, you know, cause it, it, I think it, I said earlier, you know, wanting to always do things where there's a degree of kind of, you have to ask yourself questions about your own approach and, and, and you have to kind of, I have to feel there's a challenge and, and, and there certainly were challenges in this. So like on, on paper, we've seen uh, the ups and downs of a first love before. Obviously there's more to the story, but when you're taking on something like this, you know, it's going to take time. As you said, you have to, there's no shortcut. You have to just put in the work. Have you always had that mindset or is that something you, sh- you shifted to? And then what advice do you have for people to just stop taking shortcuts and put in the work? The thing I find really helpful to remember Whenever I'm doing something and I feel like it's, you know, it's tough or it's not working or there is always a temptation to go, oh, it'll be okay. Or, you know, to think I'm just worrying. And of course, I, I'm, you know, there's always, there are always these doubts. And so I just have to plow along. And I just, I just know from experience that if something doesn't feel right, either in the script or while shooting, it will never improve. It will just get worse. And however, sort of, a kind of much energy it takes in the moment to go, you know what, let's really, really examine this and let's face the fact that, that it's not working and deal with that. However kind of um, painful that is in the moment, especially if you're under pressure on the, sh- on the shoot, it's nothing like as bad as looking at something that's finished and that doesn't work. So um, I think take your own instincts seriously and and don't ignore them and you know that's where the di- that's the difference between work that really stands up and work that doesn't it is that kind of commitment to getting to something real and good however costly that might feel in the moment you know because i think there is a like there's definitely an impulse like there's definitely a dynamic on set particularly, but I think it's in the screenwriting phase as well, where it's altogether much nicer if everybody is going, this is great. Like that's a happier place to be in any, in any given moment. And so if somebody says, I think it's working and you feel a little bit unsure, but you, you, there's a great temptation to go, yeah, it is, it is, it is working. It's okay. It's good because 
that's going to make for a better afternoon, but it's not going to make for a better 10 years, you know, <laughs> that you've got to live with the thing when it's finished. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's always better to face the difficulty there and then and not let it ride. And that is our show. Thanks again for tuning in. If it's your first time, make sure to hit that subscribe button on SoundCloud or iTunes. Also check out the new video essay series on YouTube called Creative Principles. And give us a review. That's one of the best ways to help share these interviews. Thanks again.